Hey everyone, this is Zach and I'm here with the Brunch King, Matt Smith. Hey, how's it going everybody? Today we're going to be talking about brunch, obviously. Are you a Yelper and what's your favorite drinking holiday? Hey, good morning and welcome back, guys. Welcome to episode four of the Millennial Light Podcast. I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Zach Morrison. Ah, thank you for the introduction. You're very welcome. I'm Matt Smith, your other co-host here, and we're happy to have you back. What are we what are we talking about this morning, Zach? Today we have some interesting topics, and I know that you all are gonna love them. Matt especially is gonna love our Ooh, first topic. I've got an idea what it could be. That's right. What you have all been waiting for. Brunch. Brunch. All right, I'm the brunch king, unofficially, obviously. <laughs> you are the brunch king, that's right. If there's anybody who knows about a good brunch, it's Matt. I like a good brunch, I really, really do. Um, I don't brunch as much as I used to, but I really do enjoy a good brunch. I just think it's, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I think it's just a great excuse to start drinking at like nine o'clock in the morning. Now for our generation, for our <laughs> millennial listeners out there, and actually, I mean, a lot of people are catching on a brunch. It, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great thing, because like you said, it gets, it gets everybody going early and partying on throughout the day. I mean, in my opinion, it puts everybody in a good mood. It does. And it, now you see, particularly here, I'm sure in every city, but particularly in Orlando, if you do brunch in one of these downtown locations or even Winter Park, it sometimes transitions into a Sunday fun day, which is kind of an all-day extravaganza, if you will. It does. No, it turns into an all-day thing. And the, you just said it, a Sunday fun day, now it's actually ha- brunch is happening all the time all on Saturdays. Time. Yeah, that's true. It has transitioned into Saturday brunch. I mean, maybe maybe we'll see a seven-day brunch coming soon. I'd be all about that, but that'll really cut into your, uh, you know, work time things that you have to do other other things with. That's going to cut into your time. Well, let's go ahead and start with getting it on Friday. Let's get brunch going on Friday, and again, I think Americans work too much. We work yeah. we work a lot, and just what push it to happy hour? What better way to bring in the weekend than a brunch? Absolutely. You know, you get a solid two or three hours of work in the morning. And then just brunch, and then you have happy hour, and then you wake up Saturday and do brunch again. And that can transition into Saturday fun day. And then you know everybody's going out Saturday night. And That's then right. Sunday you got to recover and get a little hair of the dog, so you brunch, and then Sunday fun day, and you just start the cycle all over again. It's a beautiful cycle. And it sounds vicious <laughs> to me, but it's definitely beautiful. <laughs> you know, you, that actually might only work out one weekend a month, but who cares? Get it in. That's the point. I mean, relatively, I'm pretty new to brunch. I've only brunched a couple of times. So I definitely turn to you on your expertise here. Where are some places to be seen? Well, definitely Orlando, pretty much anywhere in Winter Park. Like I know we've discussed before, the Briar Patch is definitely a great one. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, after people get out of church, the Briar Patch is definitely a place to be. And they have a, they have a great brunch. Um, the Porch, also kind of in Winter Park, but not really on Park Avenue is a great place. In my opinion, Stubborn Mule, they're kind of new, they're downtown, they're a little bit smaller, so you definitely have to make a reservation, usually by Wednesday, if you want to go Saturday or Sunday, because they only do brunch from like, I think it's like 11 to 4 on Saturday, and the hours are a little bit more on Sunday, but not much. Those those are a lot of my recommendations. Pretty much anywhere downtown would also be places to be seen, and then if you want to you drop some dough, maybe a special occasion, you go out to Highball and Harvest or Kappa. Uh, either one of those, Highball and Harvest is out at the Ritz-Carlton and Kappa is out at the Four Seasons. But you're going to be dropping dough if you go there. As you can see, this man is the brunch king. (laughs) 
Uh, Doveco, I hear, is a really great place, as well as Soco. Yeah. I've been to Soco before, and that is near Lake Eola. That was really? a great spot. I oh, mean, great. because for one, it's one of a few places that I've been, and if, if I had a good experience, I'm going to let everybody know about it. Soco was fantastic. It was $10, and you had unlimited mimosas if you order entree. Of mm -hmm. course, the porch, as you mentioned, $30, you get unlimited mimosas and a buffet as well. You want it? quality. It's quality food. It's a quality experience. It is, and it's really great if you go during football season. During football season, they actually have two seatings, and they'll time it kind of around on Sunday around NFL games. So, yeah, it's awesome. The porch is a, I highly recommend it. Well, they have a DJ there as well to really get the vibe going. <laughs> Do they have the DJ during football season? The last time I went, they did not. Well, that's a smart move. I mean, yeah. most people want to hear the games. But what a way to get everybody going prior to the games. Because Absolutely. the first brunch at the porch start at 11? Uh, yeah. Well, I want to say in football season, they actually do seatings at 1, and then they actually do another one at 4 Okay. to try to catch the Sunday games. No, that makes a lot of sense. I and think then, Saturday might be that because college starts a little bit earlier. And even in the off season, I mean, it's if you don't make a reservation, it's hard to get a spot in there it because is. it's one of the favorite spots of Orlando. Definitely true. And when it comes to the best deals, I'm not going to have anything new for you right here because I've been to the porch and I've been to SoCo. Uh, do you have any deal spots for us? Porch is good. SoCo is good. Um, Stubborn Mule is good. I'm pretty much focusing on places that do bottomless mimosas. Not everywhere does them anymore for whatever reason. Um, but all three of those places do bottomless mimosas. I've heard Dovecoat. I haven't personally been there, but he kind of touched on it. I've heard they're great. I know they do bottomless mimosas as well. Uh, pretty much anywhere downtown that serves food and bottomless mimosas is going to be a good bang for your buck. I know the World of Beer around Lake Eola actually just redid their brunch menu and they do offer bottomless mimosas or beer mosas if you want to uh, hey. get hobby with it. Okay. <laughs> so you got to get hoppy with it, first of all. You have to. So check out World of Beer. Not to leave out South Florida, Salt 7 in Delray Avenue, South Florida. The ultimate brunch experience. I haven't been, but I've heard many stories. I've seen the Snapchats. I've seen the Instagram posts. Yeah, I actually want to go to this. I know. I'm warming you up to South Florida, so we're going to get oh, you there. Man. We should go check this out together on site. On location. On location, <laughs> Millennial Light. Salt 7. Salt 7. Get at us. This place, so they have their brunch, and following everybody's meal, they turn it into a full-blown nightclub. Two in the afternoon. The windows are blacking out. They're bringing out robots. They're bringing out rave flashing sticks. From what I hear, it's the ultimate brunch. And now you walk out at four o'clock in the afternoon and you're gonna have a problem when you realize the sun's still beaming and you better have a pair of sunglasses you on South you. South Florida heat hitting you. That's right. South Florida is straight heat all the time. Oh, come on now. What about those playoffs? All the time. You're right. You know, I have to congratulate you right now on the Orlando Magic making the playoffs for the first time since 2011. I haven't said it in <laughs> seven or eight years, but congratulations to the Orlando Magic. We can take all the accolades we can get right now. I appreciate it. Yeah. It, it, I mean, they put on such a great experience, such a great show at the Amway Center. You know, uh, take it for what it's worth. I'm not sure how it affects the team, <laughs> but they are all about the show. They, we do. I mean, it's, it's a Disney city, man. We're all about the show. It We're is, all about the magic. It is a Disney show. It is a Disney city. And you're right. You know, one thing that I couldn't get away from when I was recently you know, at, at D. Wade's One Last Dance down there oh, in right. South Florida and got to see him play against the Milwaukee Bucks. That game didn't end well, but what a show. <laughs> and your boy was in the nosebleed. So, as co of course, as I was up there, I was taking a look at the rafters. And 
decorated, <laughs> my friends, decorated. We have yeah. some jerseys that have been retired. We have a couple championship banners. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our rafters are, uh, they're decorated. Maybe not the same way, but they're decorated. No, you guys have a jersey retired up there, which uh, number six, I believe. That's right, the sixth man. The sixth man jersey is retired in the Orlando Magic Arena. Oh, that's perfect. You gotta love it. The last thing I wanna get to, actually no, there's two more things uh, on the brunch. To brunch or not to brunch? That's the question. That is the question. Well, the brunch king is gonna rule brunch almost every time. To brunch. But I have one that, I have a few actually that may not be the best situation for brunch. So we're gonna start out with the dirty 30. To brunch or not to brunch? Brunch, gotta brunch. Have to brunch for the dirty 30. Damn right you gotta brunch for the dirty 30. There's only so many days left that you could brunch when you get to the dirty 30. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm only a couple years away, so I'm not (laughs) sure. You're getting there. But my, my guess is if you're going to the dirty 30 for brunch, you may not make it out until past eight o'clock that evening. If you're hitting the dirty 30, you better be brunching in Vegas. Or South Florida, who knows? Maybe down there in Miami, hit up one of those. No, you're 100% right. Miami, Vegas. You keep referencing South Florida. So I'm going to roll with that all the way to grandma's birthday. Do we brunch for grandma's birthday? Not to brunch. I would say just do more of like a light breakfast. You know, maybe uh, maybe a champagne flute or a bowini, something like that. How many mimosas does it take to get grandma turned? That's a question. Maybe a two brunch. I don't know. Maybe I had the wrong gut instinct. There's only one way to find out. And if (laughs) grandma's down to brunch, you brunch. You brunch. You don't stop grandma. Exactly. Even the brunch king can't tell grandma what to do. (laughs) Let's move on to the company party. Brunching with your associates. To brunch or not to brunch? I mean, Zach, do we want to hang out with our coworkers on the weekends? You know, who knows? I don't know. That's a... That's a hard pass for me. Again, this is why we have to get Friday brunch going because this would be a perfect outing for the company. Company brunch on Friday. And who knows, you might see get Jim a little weird from accounting, you know? He, he may end up being the life of the party or you may go ahead and leave early. There's only one way to find out, but I'm with you. Not to brunch. Not I'm, to brunch. I'm not going out uh, on a Saturday with my coworkers. Now, we do work with some cool, pretty cool people, so I'll make an exception for for our office. However, I can't speak for everybody else's. No, I agree. Let's move on to the wedding day. The wedding day, to brunch or not to brunch? You know, that's, I know we've kind of talked about it, and I think there's this new you know, trend or tradition where you kind of do brunch the day after the wedding. I haven't actually made it to one myself, but uh, I feel like I get invited to that almost every time I go to a wedding. So wedding day, I'm gonna say hard pass, not to brunch. The girls, to my knowledge, they're already kind of brunching. (laughs) I mean, from from what I hear, they start drinking champagne, perfect, right? Take the, cut the nerves out a little bit, but a full on brunch? Can't do it. Nobody wants to be stumbling down the aisle. Nobody, that's right. Now let's go on to Easter. Easter brunch. Has to happen. That's a thing. Has to happen. Easter brunch. I'm not sure if everybody's going super hard on the mimosas on Easter brunch. Toast to Jesus. I will be. And to Easter. You're darn right. Easter brunch. To brunch. It has become a thing. It seems like it's become a thing as of late. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And while we're at brunch, what are we drinking here? Now this is a big thing for me. Mm. Mimosas or Bloody Marys? 
You know, I like them both, but if I'm going to somewhere that's got bottomless mimosas, I'm hitting that bottomless mimosas, and I'm putting some, some guava juice or some cranberry juice in there, not just the strict OJ. That, again, Brunch King, guava juice. Didn't know it was a great pairing, but it makes sense now that I hear it. Hard pass on the Bloody Marys for me. You gotta get them extra spicy if you get them. You know, I, I've only had one Bloody Mary it was after a long weekend of drinking already. I'm not sure it was the best Bloody Mary to have anyways. Hard pass until somebody changes my mind, but I'm not a big fan of tomato juice also. So yeah, that would kill it. bottomless mimosas, keep them going, keep them flowing. They're delicious, man. They're light. The girls love champagne. I mean, you really can't go wrong with mimosas. It's true. You can mix them with a lot of different juices, as we just discovered. Mm-hmm. Well, that's another reason to go to the porch. They have a full-blown mimosa bar. They do. That's actually where I tried the guava juice one, was the porch. Mm-hmm. And if you want a good Bloody Mary, the porch does make a fantastic Bloody Mary. I'll take your word on that. I'm sticking with the mimosa <laughs> bar. That's fair. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. Now, Absolutely. restaurants are huge in today's society and culture. Ooh. I mean, there's all these different apps. You know, of course, everybody has a blog nowadays, which is cool because everybody gets to share experiences. Uh, I'm a big fan of hearing about bad experiences before I even go. That way I could decide if I want to take the risk or not. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and move on to our next segment, restaurants. And this actually ties in with brunch, really. Are you a Yelp or Brunch King? Oh, man. Am I a Yelper? I feel like that has that's become kind of a... A bad mark after that episode of South Park. Are you a Yelper? Hilarious episode, but to answer your question, no, I'm not a Yelper. I don't post reviews. I don't leave reviews. I do look at them sometimes if I'm, you know, trying to get a feel for a restaurant. So I, I only consume. I don't produce on Yelp. And I hear that. I mean, there's a lot of people. Just as most everything for all of you listening out there. Thank you for listening. Uh, we have a feeling that you're not always liking and leaving a comment. So we encourage you to do so. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And as I give that advice, I should probably go ahead and leave some more reviews on Yelp. Honestly, I don't really use it too often. No, I don't. The thing that I find interesting is I'll, I'll look at like new restaurants and sometimes I'll read like Yelp reviews. Yelp has given the average person the power to ruin a restaurant and to ruin somebody's potential business overnight because they had one bad experience, potentially on opening night where it's slammed. They don't have the supply chain set up yet. So I think you gotta take Yelp with a grain of salt obviously. But like I said, I don't produce, I just consume on it. Well, that's a good point, especially early on in a restaurant's career, maybe a new bar, a new brewery, mm-hmm. a new wine spot. Those early reviews, because they're so few, so there's so few reviews, it really is important to that restaurant. So right. they have to be on top of their game early. The Yelper that I cannot stand is the one who flaunts it at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't had this experience in a while. I, I, it feels like our culture is maybe moving past this a little bit. Fingers crossed. Or maybe I'm just blessed that I haven't ran into this person <laughs> lately. <laughs> because when you have somebody demanding quality service or a free meal because they're a Yelper and we're going to leave you a review. You it's can extortion. Get it out of here. It is extortion. <laughs> I mean, I will not be extorted by a Yelper. The Mafia, <laughs> that's another story. Yelp Mafia. The Yelp Mafia. <laughs> the Yelp Mafia. Is, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. And I feel like it's bigger on the West Coast. We're like New York, places like that. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, you're potentially trying to get a reservation at a restaurant for you know four or five months. 
and you go there and you know you try to get maybe more because of Yelp but there's only maybe two restaurants in Orlando that I could think that stack reservations like that so maybe I maybe I'm wrong I don't know that's just my feeling no that's a good point even though Orlando I, we're a growing city we're not a big city yet mm-hmm. and Yelp Mafia stay out we don't stay want out. you here in our city stay out well Kind of on that same trend line there, Zach, with restaurants. What about these uh, these reservation apps? Have you ever used any of them? Do you have any experience with uh, Open Table or Resi? I have zero experience with either one of those. I've heard of both of them. Uh, I, I really like to go to restaurants with people who have those apps because they do all the work for me. They go in and schedule the restaurant. I guess I'm old school in this regard. You know, I show up. <laughs> if it's if it's good timing, perfect. We get a table. If not, hey, I'm walking to the next table. Uh, what I find is that a lot, a lot of restaurants that aren't white tablecloth, they're like, uh, you, you do a call ahead, mm-hmm. right? So they only take quote unquote reservation an hour beforehand if you call ahead. Is that kind of how these reservation apps work? I don't know. Do you have experience with them? I do. So I, I've used both of them. Uh, I actually like prefer open table. Uh, that's the platforms I think are essentially the same. I've just been using OpenTable for so long, so I accrued the points and I just kind of like the interface a little bit better. But what I like about it is the minute I make a reservation, uh, it puts it to my calendar, it emails me, and if I'm having other people you know, attending, I can send them a calendar invite and it'll do all that for me. So um, it's just another kind of point to, to check on people with guests and it just helps you stay organized. And you accrue points as well, which I like. Is there a cost to using these? No, it's free. So how does the point system work? So every reservation that you go to, for the most part, at least on OpenTable, you get 100 points. Obviously, there's exceptions, but most of them you get 100 points. And then some, they'll have some sort of an agreement or you know ad with the restaurant where if you go at a certain time on a certain day, you get like 1,500 or 2,000 points. That's how you really accrue points. But usually it's, in my experience, more expensive restaurants usually out on iDrive. So maybe they're trying to get tourists out there, I don't know. How do you but, cash in those points and what do you um, cash them in for? So you can either get an open table credit, which is just a gift card that you can use at restaurants, or you can get an Amazon gift card, either one. That's big, man. Who doesn't like Amazon? Love it. So they're, they're in everything. So what do you have against Resi, Matt? You know, I don't have anything against it. I just, I don't like the interface and I don't like that not every restaurant you know, uses open table. There's a restaurant actually on my mind right now that used to use open table and switched to Resi. And I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't been back since just because it's kind of out of my, my wheelhouse now. It's not in my, my interface. And it sounds like a lot like the Apple and Android debate. Oh yeah. It sounds a lot like that. Leave a comment, send us a direct message. Which one's your favorite open table Resi? Help me decide because clearly I need a little help in making a decision so I can jump on board with this 2019 movement of Open Table and Resi. How do you get the deals, Matt, when it comes to finding restaurants? Do you get them through these reservation apps or where do you go to find this? Um, sometimes the, you know, these apps, they have the menus and everything on there, which is really nice. It kind of aggregates all the information it attaches to Yelp. Sometimes they'll have coupons and deals or special things like Valentine's Day brunch or Easter brunch. But Zach, to be honest with you, if I really want deals or if I want something specific, I'm going to Facebook. Like I was trying to figure out where to go for Easter brunch actually a week or so ago. And rather than going to Google, I went to Facebook and I typed in Easter brunch Orlando 2019. So, you know, that's kind of the way Facebook's taken over everything. You know, we talk about Amazon, Facebook's another big player. Uh, They've kind of changed my ecosystem. In, in restaurants, particularly in Orlando, because everywhere, if they have certain events or certain deals, they're posting it on Facebook, so you know. That's interesting. So they've become more of a search engine. I mean, it's pretty much a search engine anyway, if you want to look up anybody, mm-hmm. a restaurant, especially with all the business pages that are available now. 
that pretty much every restaurant business that is involved in getting directly to the consumer they're on these social media platforms such as Facebook such as Instagram do you find yourself googling at all anymore when you're looking for maybe top brunch spot or events or again like you know where to find the deals for restaurants I Google if I want to go to the, the actual website. Otherwise, if I'm looking for events or something that you know could potentially be socially geared, where they're trying to see how many people are going to attend, how many people are you know interested in it, I go to Facebook or Instagram. You know, I go to Instagram to look at you know meal recipes and kind of what the food looks like at restaurants. All right, all right, I, I'm with you on that. Now let's not forget about Groupon. <laughs> Definitely, my Groupon fanatics, my Groupon users out there. I use it every once in a while on the date nights, on the nights that you want to go out with friends to maybe a comedy show, don't forget about Groupon. And now, I know we haven't given you any secret sauce here on Millennial Light when it comes to how to get the deals. Listen, people, you got to do the work yourselves, okay? <laughs> maybe you can help us find some deals. We shared a little bit with you in, in, in all funny games. Uh, I mean, just search, right? And yeah, if, if you guys find something good, tell us about it. We'd love to find out about it and try it out. Let's get you on the podcast. <laughs> Zach is cut out from shout outs for the rest of the year. However, I could probably slip one in for you if you give us a nugget. Oh, no. I wasn't even supposed to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> However, let's move on to food festivals. We all know about a couple of food festivals in Orlando, mainly the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a blast. It attracts people from all over the world. What else do we have here in Orlando? You have the Downtown Food and Wine Fest, which is you know very similar to the Epcot one, just on a much smaller scale and more with actual like, local restaurants. Uh, I feel like it gets bigger every year around Lake Eola. You know, they block off Orange Avenue and all those areas around it. Uh, you've got a bunch in Winter Park. I feel like there's one that, you know every couple of months where they block off Park Avenue and have a food festival. Those are two of my favorites. I know Thornton Park also, while we're talking about that, Thornton Park has been looking at doing... Um, kind of their own food festival, an offshoot of the downtown food and wine. I don't know if anything has materialized from that. And then Baldwin Park actually just a couple of weeks ago um, did Beard and Baldwin, which was like a hybrid food festival and kind of like five-star food event with James Beard and all these really, really nice restaurants in downtown Baldwin Park. So there's a lot of them. You just got to look. And where do we go to do that, Zach? Usually Facebook. That's right. Facebook. I want to share with you an event that I went to last year. It's called Feast on 50. It's put on by the Florida Citrus Sports Club. It was a great time. You have to buy tickets. Now, I was invited by a friend, so I'm not exactly sure how you go about getting tickets, but it is an event that is put on every single year, so I'm sure if you want to get in, you can find your way in, get your hands on some tickets. It was a blast. So this, this event had sports tents from just about every school, so there was a representation from at least 50 universities. All of them had their, their special drink with them. Mm -hmm. So UCF Knights were there. We had all you Florida State fans, UF <laughs> fans, UM. I mean, the list goes on and on. And there was also food vendors out there giving away samples. And there were some oh, games, you know, where they have the, the blow up, uh, punt, pass, and catch yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. that's what it's called. Oh, they had that there? Yeah, they did. They did. It was a it was a really good time. They had some music. Uh, ended with fireworks. I mean, that was a blast. Oh, I can't beat it, man. It sounds like Disney. It does. <laughs> Disney City. We're here. We're here in the Disney City. Now, as we tie this all together, mimosas, Bloody Marys, brunch, food, food festivals. Let's get down to the good stuff. Hit me with it. Favorite drinking holiday. 
Favorite drinking holiday? I know we, we talked about this a couple of days ago. I think my favorite drinking holiday is the 4th of July. You know, there's just something about it. You know, we usually have great weather, knock on wood. You're out there dressed in American flag garb. Somebody's manning the grill. You're drinking probably American beer or whatever kind of beer you like. You're out there shotgunning. You're out there funneling. You're playing beer pong. You know, you're tossing the little pigskin around. Just something about it, you know, really resonates with me. I'm a huge fan of 4th of July. It's good old American fun. I'm with you. I love it. 4th of July, I mean, what better way to go out after a long day of drinking, mm -hmm. eating food, having fun with friends with, just like we said, fireworks. Maybe blow your hand off the firework. Who knows? Yeah, you know, you're out there driving a boat, not intoxicated, of course, but it's American. It's that, beautiful. That's right. And so many stories, just as you mentioned, come off of the mm -hmm. next day. Uh, everybody, we do not encourage you blowing your hand off. I wish I didn't have to say that nowadays, but you do. seven mimosas later, a couple shotguns, and, and you just don't want anybody to take you, that the wrong way. No, you definitely don't. No, some of the other holidays that made the list, St. Patty's Day, Cinco de Mayo, Halloween, New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve, and Thanksgiving Eve. Are there any other those? Any others that you want to touch on? You know, those, I think those are probably the big ones. And, you know, I, I know I told you earlier, hot take, Cinco de Mayo out of that list is my least favorite. Unbelievable. I know. And it's probably because I don't like tequila, but that's my least favorite. I would rather drink on Thanksgiving Eve than, than to drink on, on Cinco de Mayo. See, I'm going to go ahead and switch those around. Thanksgiving Eve, one of the largest drinking holidays mm -hmm. in the country. And I get it. Everybody's off of yeah. work the next day. Maybe it's, home. You, know, you hang out with your high school friends or, you know, no, you go out to a local bar. Exactly. That's a great point. So, I mean, you can't beat it because... It, like you said, everybody's going to be home. Everybody has off the next day. Um, most likely it was a half day of work for mm -hmm. everybody anyway. So, true. so the drinking's already started from the moment you get off work. Mm -hmm. But I do not want to be hung over for the next day as we get into Thanksgiving. I mean, you're already drinking all day anyways on Thanksgiving, but it's my favorite holiday. Thanksgiving That's is awesome. by far my favorite holiday. It's amazing. Right. There's so much good food. You know, the family, you tolerate them and you enjoy the time having football on. And the fact that there's football on and food going all day, you really don't have to talk to the family anyways. So why do I want to ruin Thanksgiving by getting sloshed on Thanksgiving Eve? I don't know, maybe that's a hot take. No, I don't think it is, because I've made that mistake before. Thanksgiving is definitely not as enjoyable when you, when you don't feel good, for whatever reason. Halloween always holds a special plate in my heart just mm -hmm. because it gets so weird. It does, and you always see some real good costumes, particularly if you go you know, downtown somewhere, maybe downtown Orlando, you see some great costumes. Everybody's in character. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. Everybody's super loose. Super loose. Super loose because you get to take on a different persona. Absolutely. And you get to be creative, man. People, that, that's the one day that people either get to be themselves, which is scary, or they get to Where take on their favorite character, do whatever you want. I'm, I'm a big fan of St. Patty's Day, too. That would probably be my my second favorite. I, I love St. Patty's Day. I don't know why. I just, I really do. I don't particularly like Guinness, and I don't particularly like, you know, Bailey's either, but I just love the holiday. I like the music, and I just think it's a good time. You got a little Irish in you. Mm, yeah, I definitely do, All for right. sure. Man, I have a feeling that's why. Do you drink the green beer? <laughs> yeah, I usually do. I drink uh, yeah, you can keep that one also. But keep the car bombs coming, ladies and gentlemen. I like those. I'm a fan. They're delicious. Downtown Orlando puts on a great St. Patty's Day party. They do. It's true. Let's leave the people with something, Matt. What do you got for them? You know, I don't really have anything for them today, Zach. I think you're going to have to leave them with something today. That's right. I'll go ahead and leave them with, you know, as much as I give you a hard time about being a Magic fan, it is cool to have them back in the playoffs. Get your brooms out, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, <laughs> no. We will not be getting the brooms out. No, not yet. They won the first game. So good job, Orlando. Way to put on for the city. 
And let's do it. Let's keep it going. Go magic. Let's hear it, Zach. Right on. Right <laughs> on. Go blue. Go blue. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening for episode four of the Millennial Light Podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, share, leave a comment. Go ahead and interact with us. We love to hear from you guys. Until the next Please. time. We'd love to hear from you. Until the next time. Go blue. Go magic.